Well, good morning, Victory Church. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we do rejoice, and we are glad in it. My name is Paul, and I'm privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church, where our vision is to see people reconciled to God and to each other. I'm grateful for all of you who are in fellowship with Victory, uh, which for us means that you're attending on Sunday mornings now online and for the foreseeable future online. Uh, you're also serving on one of our ministry teams and you're participating in one of our Victory groups, which again, soon uh, to be, will be uh, online as well. Um, so thank you to all of you who call Victory home and to those of you not in fellowship in the ways that I've just described, thank you as well for, for choosing to tune in for a few moments with us today. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our sermon series entitled Reconcile to God and Each Other. Um, and we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians chapter one today. I want to talk for a few moments about uh, God's omnipotence. Omni meaning all, uh, potent meaning powerful, conveys that God is just that, all powerful in all things and above all things. Um, A.W. Tozer, a great theologian, says it uh, this way. All the power required to do all that he wills to do lies in undiminished fullness in his own infinite being. His self-sufficiency makes it unnecessary for him to look outside of himself for a renewal of strength. And our prayer this morning is that we all have a heightened awareness of God's omnipotence, uh, his desire for his power to be seen through us and our response to his omnipotence. So again, we're going to look at the book of Ephesians chapter one, and we'll be looking at verses 17 through 21. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, just for this time that we get to, to just share your word together. I pray that you'd open up our eyes so that we may see all that is in your word for us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through uh, 21. And it reads this way, I'll be reading from the NIV. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. The title of the message uh, today is Immeasurable, Immeasurable. Uh, I often find myself in conversations um, with and about high school and college athletes um, and how to help them to thrive in and out of their sport context. I love to read about it, love to research it, love to present about it, love to have conversations about it and perhaps my greatest education comes from the athletes themselves when they tell me their story um, and it resonates with me because i too identify as an athlete in fact uh coming out of high school i was a highly touted division five basketball prospect um, and for those of you not familiar there is no division five there's division one there's division two and there's division three so you have a better sense now of 
the talent that I possessed coming out of high school. Uh, but I loved the game of basketball and uh, had a few looks, some D3 schools that perhaps could have uh, played ball for. But I found that the schools that interested me outside of the sport context I felt sort of most comfortable in happened to be Division I schools and ended up coming to the University of Virginia right here in Charlottesville. And, uh, and by the grace of God was given a tryout uh, during those times and ended up becoming a really, really good manager uh, for three years for the men's basketball team here at the university. Um, and loved every minute of it. Uh, my alma mater, UVA, is a part of the Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, which is one of five conferences that have been dubbed over the years the Power Five conferences, in that there's a lot of power, if you will, um, in those conferences, in that there's a lot of money generated through uh, uh, ticket sales and, and TV contracts, etc. And there have been to that end a lot of conversations around uh, just how much power do these conferences have? How much power is, uh, or rather who has the power and who doesn't have the power and how is access given to the power? What is this power? Um, and while I do absolutely love having conversations around those topics for sure, uh, it is nice to be able to step back and recognize that there is only one who has all of the power and his name is Jesus Christ. And yet similarly, uh, whether we are followers of Christ or perhaps not, and you're listening to this, uh, this video this morning, we can find ourselves also asking similar questions. Just how much power does God have? In what ways does his power play out? Who has access to his power? And so this morning we want to look at this particular text, Ephesians 1, chapter uh, verses rather 17 through 21, because I believe the text opens up this conversation for us a bit more. And what we are going to emphasize particularly through this text is that when we submit our paradigm to his power, the supernatural can be produced. Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus uh, to help them better understand the dimensions of God's eternal grace and purpose. He really wanted to encourage the believers uh, to be fruitful followers of Jesus Christ and to live in unity, uh, even in the face of persecution. And so the first chapter opens up with a greeting very familiar to uh, the Apostle Paul and his letters. And then he goes on to express thanksgiving and praises to God for his many blessings. And then he moves into his earnest prayers to God on their behalf, which in this text that we're focusing on today are in verses 17 through 21. Paul prays this. He prays that the eyes of their heart be open to the understanding of who God is. And that upon such enlightenment, which in the Greek means to render evident, in a short parenthetical, I, I am very aware that it is not by the Greek of God that we are saved. It is by the grace of God that we are saved. And yet, uh, unpacking sometimes in the original Greek language what is being said helps us better understand what was and is being said. And so upon it being evident, the hope to which they've been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, upon it being evident who God is, then there's this 
better acknowledgement or understanding of the immeasurable greatness, which is our focus today, of his power for us to believe. Paul in his prayer is emphasizing that we cannot in and of ourselves even fathom the power that God wants to put on display through our lives. We can't reason ourselves there. We can't work ourselves there. It involves God opening up the very faculty of our knowing. It's not about our intellect, though, though that too comes from God. We can't wrap our finite brains around his almighty power. And so Paul prays that we be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we come to know him so that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, then we may know the immeasurable greatness of his power. How do you measure a power that holds us in a state of grace despite our sin? Second Timothy 1 and 12 speaks to that. How do you measure a power that keeps us from falling? Jude verse 24 speaks to that. And throughout scripture, we see the immeasurable greatness of his, dis of his power on display. Perhaps more clear than anywhere else in scripture, we see it in creation in Genesis 1, where God said, let there be, and it was so. Mankind, on the other hand, needs tools to create. Uh, I personally am far from a handyman. Nothing makes me more happy than to see a package come in the mail that says no assembly required. That makes my day. And yet at times I put my hand to the plow, if you will, as I did some years ago when uh, the 1949 doorknob that we really liked actually, but needed to be changed because it didn't fit the, uh, the child proofing mechanisms that we were purchasing for the entire house at that time. And so I went to Lowe's, got a drill, got a drill bit, got some other things that I thought were the right things to get only to realize that when I started to drill, the hole I was drilling was a lot bigger than what was needed for this doorknob exchange. And before long, as you might imagine, there was spackle and dust all over the house just for this small little doorknob that needed to be changed out. And yet God just speaks and the doorknob appears. God speaks and the power of his word accomplishes things things come into being just by him uttering a word psalm 33 and 6 says it this way by the word of the lord were the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his mouth isaiah 40 and 26 says lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength not one of them is missing we see the immeasurable greatness of his power, even in the preservation of his creation. One example that I have mentioned before to our Victory family is just how we are powerless over the seas, which my family learned firsthand back in 2011 when we went on a cruise with my entire family, siblings, parents, everyone. And we went during the winter time, left out of New Jersey. And so the seas were crazy back and forth we were swaying the workers were kind of having competitions as to who would make it across the floor with the drink safely and i'll never forget one of them actually saying to me you know we have to be here you chose to come during this time we're powerless over the seas and we'd be overwhelmed by them if not for god's prescribed limits job it says this chapter 38 verses 8 through 11 
Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far shall you come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stopped. And Moses, who's also on the honor roll of the faithful in Hebrews 11, also had to be reminded of God's omnipotence. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 23, it says, The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you, which for you and for me ought to be an encouragement that all of us need the eyes of our hearts opened and enlightened to the immeasurable greatness of his power. We all need prayer to recognize what is his incomparable power. There is no special access, if you will. But when we submit our paradigm to his power, it's then that the supernatural can be produced. When the men came to arrest Jesus, he said to them in, in, so, many where, in so many words, listen, if I, if I called on my my, my father, if I sent him a text, if you will, I'd have all my peeps here in a second to handle you. Of course, that's the Paul Harris version. What it actually says is, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put my, at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Then he goes on to say, but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? He submitted his paradigm so that his heavenly power and will could be accomplished in a much more powerful way, in fact, such that we can then see what we see in verse 20 of our text, which reads that he put his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And the right hand, by the way, symbolizing rulership, authority, sovereignty, strength, and power. The submission of of, of an earthly paradigm on our part to a heavenly power produces the supernatural. Verse 21 goes on to say, as I close, it is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And even just by the way that it's written here, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. It kind of lures our focus into the latter part of the verse, which quite honestly, uh, we are probably all um, much more easily amenable to, right? Sure, his power is to, his power is to come. Um, but the fact that it says not only implies that it is also for us right now. That's good news. The same power shared by believers who are united to God in Jesus Christ right now have access. Reconciliation in your family right now. Reconciliation in our community right now. Peace amidst incredible chaos right now. There's access to an immeasurable great power through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ right now. And the good news also is that that access isn't, it's not based on or dependent on our pedigree or degree or the title that we assumed. Before the very foundation of the world, he called us to live holy and he'll never call us to a thing that he won't then equip us for. 
The challenge for us, though, is to let go of the reins. First Peter 5 and 7 says to cast our cares on him for he cares for us. Let him do it. Ephesians 3 and 20 says it's unto him. By him, through him. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think can be done. We can't even fathom what it is that he is able to accomplish. But it's according to the power, his power, that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. When we submit our paradigm to his power, the supernatural is produced. Fear can be displaced by his power. Worry doesn't have to have a place when his power is present. Generational division amongst groups doesn't have to persist when the power of God is released through the submission of our paradigm. His power is immeasurable. There's nothing that it cannot accomplish. And yet it's important to note here that while God does have all the power and he can do anything, he's not going to do anything that's contrary to his will, to his character, to his nature. He is not, for example, going to lie, Hebrews 6 and 18. He can't sin, James 1 and 13. He can't deny himself, 2 Timothy 2 and 13. He cannot go back on his promises, Psalm 119 and 89. So the limits, if you want to even call them that, are that he's not going to do anything that's contrary to his nature and to his will. And so a couple of questions we can ponder today. One is, just how are we praying? I was struck that Apostle Paul prayed that the eyes of their hearts be enlightened. If I'm honest, if you're honest, I'll just keep it. If I'm honest, my prayers don't always reflect the way that Paul was praying. Even now, in this day and time, one of my prayers might, might, might be that GoCo on the corner of Roosevelt, Brown Boulevard and Cherry Avenue, that they would deliver. <laughs> that might be my prayer right about now. And yet Paul is saying, no, it's not to be free from persecution. It's not to be rich. It's I'm praying for the eyes of my heart to be open to the immeasurable greatness of your power. Help me, Jesus, see what you see. One question. Second question that we can ponder this week is where might we submit our paradigm to his power? What paradigm are we clinging to? How are, how are our uh, emotions, even in this season and time we find ourselves in, being driven by a paradigm that is far from biblical? And how might we submit that paradigm in, in, in exchange for his power so that we can see through things through his lens and that the supernatural can then be produced. There's a song that says, and I will not sing it, uh, Kara Clark Sheard sings, from the highest of heights to the depths of the sea, creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fra fragrance of spring, every creature unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All-powerful, untamable, awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing, God. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are amazing. 
we cannot measure your greatness. We can't know it. We can't fathom it. And as such, we pray today that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that you would help render it evident for us just how powerful you are and that we have access to such power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we have access to today. Help us today, Father, to submit our paradigm to your power in order for the supernatural to be produced. And if you're viewing this as we're praying and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior and desire to know him today, pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I commit to turn away from everything that the Bible says offends you and to follow you with all of my heart. And I recognize that a life in you, Jesus Christ, isn't a storm-free one, but a life in you is a storm-proof one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Victory family and friends, thank you for, for joining us, uh, praying for all of us always. Let's live in victory.